0: Welcome to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast, a podcast covering your favorite crew featuring Peter and David Goh. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. Today we will be analyzing the bullpen. I will be all by myself, David Goh, here to talk about the bullpen with all of you guys. And I'm really excited for this one. The Brewers' bullpen doesn't get a whole lot of love, especially heading into this year. We've seen terrific bullpens that the Brewers have had both in 2019 and 2018 when they made that great run, uh, falling one one game short of the World Series. And in that year, they were primarily carried by their bullpen. Even last year, they were for a time carried by their bullpen. They lost a number of pieces, but I do think the Brewers have the makings of a solid bullpen in 2020 just maybe some lesser known arms or less established guys out of the bullpen that we will see. And so I will be here to discuss those arms, who could make an impact that we might not expect, and just everywhere from Josh Hader to David Phelps to JP every every bullpen arm we will be talking about, and I'm really excited for this one, so thank you for tuning in and let's get started we'll, we'll start ahead right ahead with some of the guys in the back end of the bullpen so josh hater will be the first the first player that we will analyze and hater has clearly had the best run of any brewers reliever over a two or three year period hater pitched 75 and two-thirds innings last year at a 2.62 era he struck out over 16 batters per nine innings So to put that in perspective, he was the first left-handed pitcher and only the second reliever ever to strike out 16 batters per nine innings and walk less than three batters per nine innings in a season. Craig Kimbrell is the only one who has ever done that before. Josh Hader became the second pitcher to do that. I believe Kimbrell did that on a couple of occasions, but remarkable nonetheless. The thing with Hader is clearly a dominant arm and one that will be expected to carry much of the load of the bullpen. However, last year he did have trouble with the long ball. He allowed nearly two home runs per nine innings, which is extremely high, especially for a a, a reliever of Josh Hader's quality. So the biggest thing for him will be limiting that long ball. Definitely the juice ball didn't help Hader's when he's not striking out hitters, is typically a fly ball pitcher. So he has a lot of fly balls that are usually put in play against him, whereas many of the Brewers' arms are actually more ground ball pitchers. And so when the ball flies more, we're gonna see more home runs allowed off Hater. That seems pretty logical. The one I think of especially was that game, I believe it was the last Saturday of the season in Denver against the Rockies. And he threw a pretty good pitch to I'm, I'm forgetting who it was who the hitter was but he was not one of their best players and the guy stuck his bat out there opposite field and fly ball normally would be routine of course we're in course so the ball is going to carry more but the ball also didn't help being juiced and ball goes over the fence tie game trevor story walks him off in the following inning and that essentially killed their divisional hopes so, Hayter still had a, a, a tremendous year, he won NL Reliever of the Year, the award that's named after former Brewer Trevor Hoffman, actually, and that was his, his second consecutive award. Hayter will look to be the best reliever in baseball again this year. Brewers are certainly hoping he can do that, I believe he can do that. Actually, in the intra-squad games, we have seen him break out a changeup, and it it looked good. That the, the The action on his changeup was really quite good, so if he can add the changeup, even if he only throws it 5-10% to of the time, that still could be an extremely effective weapon that he uses because it forces the batter to stay honest, it forces the batter to consider that he has a changeup and that he can use it, and I believe that that adding a changeup could potentially propel him to be even better to take him to the next level of really clear cut best reliever in baseball and pairing with Hayter in the back end of the bullpen will be a face that we weren't able to see last year, Corey Knable. Knable underwent Tommy John surgery in the spring of last season, so he he missed all of last year, but he had a very up and down 2018. We saw him come out of the gates initially pretty good before really faltering bad in, in August. He did come back he won NL Reliever of the Month in September and then would have probably been in line to win NLCS MVP had the Brewers won that series. So Corey Canable will be a big X-factor for the Brewers. It is expected that he will break camp with the Brewers. He has that, that great fastball. He averages right up around 96, 97 miles an hour with his fastball and then the curveball that he can drop in there tunnels the pitches very well, meaning that when you're a hitter, the fastball and the curveball look very similar. And then the, the curveball drops off the table. Fastball has great rising action. When I say rising action, I mean that it just doesn't drop as much as as some of the other fastballs that hitters might see. So Corey Canable, I believe, will actually be one of the better relievers in the National League once again. He's apparently looked great in the intra-squad games so far. And he's really only three years removed from being a top five reliever in baseball, two years removed from still being a very good reliever. I have no doubts that we will see a dominant Corey Kniebel back in the Brewers' bullpen for 2020. So moving forward from those two dominant back end of the bullpen arms, we see a guy who was not expected to really be a quality reliever but it just kind of happened that way, and that is Brent Suter. Brent Suter, like Canable, rehabbed from Tommy John surgery. Suter came back towards the end of 2019, and because there wasn't really room in the rotation and his arm hadn't been fully built up to be a starter, the Brewers decided to utilize him in the bullpen, and what followed was 18 and a third innings of a 0.49 ERA. He allowed one home run in his first outing, and then didn't allow a single run the rest of his his season he actually won nl reliever of the month in september like knabel did the previous year after returning knabel from the minor leagues Suter from tommy john surgery suitor not has anything but a conventional reliever profile his fastball averages right around 88 miles per hour his changeup he uses significantly more than his curveball And the thing with Suter, when you would watch him last year, I mean, he looked looked very, very locked in out of the bullpen. He'd come in for two innings at a time, and he'd dice up hitters by throwing fastballs down and away in the zone, getting ground balls, and really accomplishing success that way. His strikeouts per nine was only up at around seven and a half per nine, which is extremely low, especially for a relief pitcher. But that doesn't mean that Brent Suter can't be effective. The Brewers love pitchers who are unconventional. They they have guys like Alex Claudio, Eric Yardley, guys who will get the job done even if they don't post those those big strikeout numbers or um, have the big, real big breaking balls. And Brent Suter would fall under the category of being an unconventional reliever. Yet he could prove to be a very valuable bridge guy, a guy who will maybe come in in the fifth, sixth inning and get the job done for a couple innings, really bridge that game from the starter who could maybe go four or five innings to the back end of the bullpen where we might see Phelps or Peralta, Hayter, Knable, some of those guys who may lock down the opposing lineups towards the end of the game. I think for that, Suitor could be really an extremely valuable weapon in 2020. And he, I think, could be one of the most underrated relievers actually in baseball based on what we did see out of him last year. One recent addition that the Brewers made this past offseason was David Phelps. Phelps split time last year between Toronto and Chicago Cubs. And he, like Suter and like Knabel, is actually a Tommy John survivor. He rehabbed. To return towards the middle of last season, and he continually got better as the season went on, which bodes well for the Brewers. He is only a few years removed from a season with the Marlins out of the bullpen, where he threw 86 innings with an ERA of under two and a half, and he's been a consistently solid performer out of the bullpen since then, outside of his injury. Phelps looked good in 2019. If you watched video of him, his curveball really looked pretty good. And just a little bit of a scouting report on Phelps. He primarily relies on his four-seam fastball, his cutter, and his curveball. His fastball averages around 93 miles an hour. His cutter is not too far below that mark. And his curveball is a little bit of a quicker curve, 80 miles an hour. Not one of those big overhand curves like we might see with a guy like like Souter, like we were talking about. And Phelps actually primarily throws his his cutter more than his curveball, more than his four-seam fastball, and mixes in a sinker as well with that. So a four-pitch mix from a reliever, and that's something that we don't typically see, especially nowadays. We see the best relievers usually throwing two, maybe three pitches. Four is pretty rare in today's game. But Phelps, I believe, could be a, a solid right-handed pitcher out of the bullpen, a guy who could Throw in more high leverage situations, but also maybe throw six, seventh innings to get the game, like Suter, to get the game over to the back end of the bullpen. And Alex Claudio was re-signed in the off season. Alex Claudio, we know is the the sidearm lefty. He's some guys really like him. Some fans, some fans really don't like him, and that's okay. But he's very unconventional, so it's not surprising that we see a little bit of a divide i personally like claudio a lot he is extremely unconventional he throws from that side arm uh, arm slot and his fastball tops out at about 88 miles per hour averages about 86 his changeup is extremely slow seven in the low 70s and he does mix in a slider with that as well and a sinker claudio primarily relies on the sinker as his fastball which is typical for a guy who is is more of a, a sidearm sidearm profile type reliever Claudio had an okay year he he did tie i believe tie for the, the major league lead in appearances out of the bullpen but he struggled a little bit in in 2019 and he will have to adjust with the the three batter minimum rule in 2020. So Alex Claudio could be a solid middle reliever for the Brewers. He had a number of of very successful years in Texas before he came over to Milwaukee and he'll look to have more of that success in 2020 more so than than the the mediocre year he had in 2019. Two guys that figure to have a role in 2020 yet exactly what that role is is to be determined. Are Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns? Freddie Peralta had a up and down year in 2019. Corbin Burns' year was mostly down, unfortunately. Freddie Peralta signed an extension in the spring and figures to be in Milwaukee for a while. While Burns has not signed that extension, there are still extremely high hopes for Burns in Milwaukee. Freddie Peralta was terrific out of the bullpen down the stretch. And he hopes to continue to keep that dominance, whether it be in the rotation or the bullpen. He added a slider in the offseason, and he hopes to add the slider to an arsenal that really included a fastball and a curveball in 2019 with not much else, which really did not lend well to his merits as a starting pitcher. Corbin Burns does have a better pitch mix for being a starting pitcher. However, he likely will start the year out in the bullpen with a chance to potentially make an impact in that rotation. Still in 2020, Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns, two extremely intriguing arms to watch. I believe that they will be big X factors in 2020. I did mention them a bit in our starting pitchers introduction podcast, and I believe that whether it be in the rotation in the bullpen. Freddie Peralta, and Corbin Burns will both break out in big ways in 2020 in the shortened season. Ray Black is a guy who the Brewers acquired in the Drew Pomeranz deal last season. He has had an up-and-down minor league career, and he what he does have going for him is extremely good fastball velocity. His command is not the greatest, neither is his control. His off-speed stuff is a little bit lacking behind his fastball but what he does have is a fastball that averages 98 miles an hour i believe he's hit 102 miles per hour before yet he has not had much success at the big league level and the brewers certainly hope to see that in 2020 ray black is out of options so he will likely break camp with the brewers he Figures to be a middle reliever with the potential to move into the back end should he be able to maximize his fastball velocity, his get better command over his slider, and maximize his spin on his fastball, actually, which is in the 98th percentile of all pitchers. Fastball spin usually indicates that you have a fastball that is harder to hit and usually drops less. So sinking fastballs are good. However, rising fastballs are better. I did talk a little bit about rising fastballs and the way that rising fastballs are classified more so as fastballs that don't necessarily rise themselves because of the the law of gravity, but they fall less than other fastballs. So the more backspin you have, the more the fastball will be able to stay up. Hitters really have a tough time hitting the ball up in the zone, especially with a lot of the swings right now. That are geared more towards launch angle and so those arms that we have talked about so far are guys that will likely break camp with the brewers we could see a couple others that we'll discuss here after break camp with the brewers as well and we'll just go through them alphabetically however the previous arms that we've talked about are ones that you should expect to see coming out of camp with the crew While the others could figure it to be more of depth and guys who will come up as injury reinforcements or potentially should some of them struggle early on, we could see either a DFA or options like we do in a normal season. So the guys that are more or less competing for bullpen spots in camp right now listed alphabetically are Jake Faria, JP Fireisen, Justin Grimm, Mike Morin, Bobby Wall, Devin Williams, and Eric Yardley. Faria was actually DFA'd by the Brewers this past offseason. That means designated for assignment, exposing him to waivers. He cleared waivers, and the Brewers retained him. A few years ago, he actually had an ERA of 3.43 in the rotation with Tampa Bay over the course of about a half season, and he hopes for a spot in the bullpen. He likely will not be in the rotation, but he could provide some length out of that bullpen. I believe the Brewers are still stretching him out as a starter as some depth that they that they could utilize should some of their starters go down with injury. J.P. Fireisen is a guy who's actually a native of River Falls, Wisconsin and attended UW-Stevens Point. The Brewers acquired him for cash considerations in this past September. And he has a great fastball. He throws extremely hard. I believe he averages around 96-97 with the fastball with a great curveball. FireEyesen has posted up some really good numbers in AAA each of the past three seasons with the Yankees. And I believe he will spend some time in the Major League bullpen. He's got great stuff. His command is not not the greatest, but he's able to make up for that with his, with his terrific arsenal of fastball and curveball. And he's a guy that you'll see more so as a guy who's high strikeout, high walk, and doesn't allow much contact. But when he does allow contact... It could be harder contact. The, the main thing for a guy like Fire Eisen will be limiting the contact, however. Justin Grimm is a guy who was really a quality arm out of the bullpen with the Cubs a number of years ago. Some of some of you Brewer fans may remember him from his time with the Cubs. He spent last season in AAA with uh, a different organization before the Brewers brought him in. He said he really feels like he's improved from his, his 2019 campaign as a reliever in AAA. However, it remains to be seen, he has the track record at the big league level, something that many of these guys do not have, and so Justin Grimm hopes to make an impact with the Brewers, kind of like a guy like Alex Wilson that the Brewers brought on, I believe that was either last year or two years ago, Um, and maybe Grimm could could make more of an impact. Mike Morin is a guy that the Brewers brought in as well on a minor league deal. He was in the Mariners' bullpen for much of 2019. I saw Morin pitch in the intra squad game a few days ago, and Morin had a really good changeup working for him. Changeups usually aren't the, the out pitches for relief pitchers, however, Morin was utilizing his changeup really well, getting some good swings and misses off of that changeup. Bobby Wall is a guy who the Brewers acquired in exchange for Keon Broxton a couple of off seasons ago, and he tore his ACL last spring when he figured to potentially make an impact out of that bullpen. In 2018, he was one of the best relievers in all of the minor leagues in AAA with the Mets and A's organizations. uh, Since he tore his ACL, missed all of last season, but actually could be the biggest name of these group of players. And I believe Wall will actually become a, a very solid reliever with the Brewers, whether it be in 2020 or down the road. He has the makings of of a guy like a Corey Knable type with a a very good fastball curveball combination, pretty good command that he is able to maximize the fastball curveball that he has. Devin Williams, the Brewers' second round pick in 2013, finally made his big league debut after a move to the bullpen in 2019. Williams looked pretty good in his showing, but he, he does not have a spot locked up. He, like Wall, is pretty likely to play some sort of a role in the Brewers' bullpen in 2020 and he also like mike morin has a good changeup. that's his best pitch williams throws pretty hard his velo was up after he moved to the bullpen williams is still one of the one of the better prospects for the milwaukee actually and he had a 3.95 era with the brewers down the stretch sat 96 miles an hour with his fastball so that is still above average even among relief pitchers major league baseball and utilized his changeup well and then the last guy that we have that's really competing for a spot out of camp is eric yardley yardley is actually my favorite guy of this crop maybe even my favorite guy in the bullpen he's a submarine right-handed relief pitcher who made his big league debut with the padres in 2019 yardley was a waiver claim this past offseason he does not throw very hard Yardley only averages about 86 miles per hour with his fastball, combines that with a curveball that sits at about 72 miles an hour, which is extremely low, even for a submarine relief pitcher. He had a 2.31 ERA last season in the majors in 11 and two-thirds innings. And yes, primarily relies on that sinker and curveball, utilizes the sinker as a fastball. Yardley has a, a terrific story. He attended seattle university in washington state and out of college he wasn't really getting professional looks so he decided to go to the picos league which is considered to be the lowest level of professional baseball in north america the lowest level of independent leagues and that league is based out of the southwest so texas new mexico arizona that area a padre scout happened to see yardley and signed him, which is extremely rare for a guy who's coming out of a a very low level of professional baseball. Yardley then, I believe, reported to A-ball with the Padres and did nothing but produce results in the minor leagues. Yardley is a guy that, that I really have high hopes for in 2020. My biggest hope is that the Brewers give him an extended opportunity in the big league bullpen to show what he can do. He's not a conventional reliever, but I believe that he could be a very solid reliever for the crew in 2020. And lastly, we will look at two guys who are more of prospects, yet they could be big big contributors in the Brewers' bullpen. Zach Brown and Drew Rasmussen, neither of them figure to break camp with the Brewers. They will both likely report to the Brewers' taxi squad in Appleton. Brown was the Brewers Minor League Pitcher of the Year in 2018 in A Biloxi, but his 2019 was really bad, quite bad, but Brown hopes to be a solid reliever in 2020, maybe he can be back on track to be a starter in 2021, the Brewers still hope that he can play a role at the Major League level, I definitely believe he can, I'm not sure whether that would be out of the rotation or the bullpen, but if he does have have success in 2020 in the major leagues, it will be out of the bullpen. And Drew Rasmussen is a guy who has had Tommy John surgery twice over his career. He was pretty highly touted out of Oregon State before tearing his UCL again in, I believe, his junior year. Brewer still took a flyer on him in, I think it was the sixth round a few years ago, and he has really performed exceptionally well. He Strikes out a lot of batters while limiting the walks. His fastball is in the upper 90s. he got a really real quality breaking ball. I believe he'll make a strong impact on the ball club if he gets an opportunity. Some He might be more of a guy like we've seen Corbin Burns or even Hayter come up and have immediate success out of the bullpen in the past with the Brewers. I believe Rasmussen could be that guy in 2020. Especially in the shortened season, the Brewers might be a little bit more eager to get Rasmussen out on the bump at the Major League level, and the Brewers do have depth there with Brown and Rasmussen. Before we go, I will just recap a little bit of the players that we've talked about and make a projection of who I think will be in the big league bullpen come opening day. So we have a few locks, Alex Claudio, Josh Hader, Freddie Peralta, David Phelps, and Brent Suter. Corey Knable will likely be in the bullpen, assuming that his arm holds up. And he's ready to go at the start of the season. So that six relievers, I believe the Brewers will have 11 on the roster. Corbin Burns would be a seventh. Ray Black will likely be in the eighth. And then we have three arms of the competing ones to choose from. I believe Bobby Wall will make the roster. Devin Williams, which puts us at 10 relievers. And I believe that the last reliever in the bullpen will actually go to J.P. FireEisen. J.P. FireEisen is on the 40-man roster, which bodes well for him. So I believe that will be the Brewers' crop of relief pitchers. However, all of these pitchers actually could be in the bullpen at some point in 2020. I think that's a real likelihood that we see all of them at some point as usually the bullpen is where you need the most depth throughout a season. Either way, the Brewers' bullpen is filled with intrigue the Brewers bullpen is not highly touted by national pundits analyzing other teams bullpens however I think that this could be more of a secret weapon for the Brewers especially in a shortened season where the starters might not throw as many innings with a a little bit of a quick build-up so look for the Brewers bullpen to be really the difference between the Brewers being an average team and a team that makes the postseason. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. And just a reminder, make sure to check out our blog at bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com. We have a number of articles up there. We have a, a roster preview for the Brewers, so that will help you get a little bit more information uh, not only the bullpen, but other areas of the crew as well, rotation and some of the position players. I do have a preview up looking at this, the season from a league-wide perspective. So I analyze some of the teams in the NL Central, make some projections on how I think the standings will end up, look at some of the awards that I think will will be won by certain players. Spoiler alert, Christian Yelich MVP in 2020. Maybe there's a little bit of bias there. I don't see reason for Jelic slowing down, but we'll talk about Jelic a little bit more in, in the next couple weeks. And I do have an article about Roy Halliday up as well. Roy Halliday is really a baseball immortal. I talk about that a little bit. I know he wasn't a brewer, he actually was almost a brewer. I believe Doug Melvin was extremely close on acquiring him from the Blue Jays in 2010, 2009, 2010 timeframe. And Halliday did not want to go to Milwaukee. So Halliday nixed the trade. Halliday ended up going to Philadelphia instead. Could have happened a little bit differently the way Roy Halladay and the way the Brewers performed over those few years, about 10 years ago. It is actually a, a preview to a series that I'll be having in the off season called Top 20 of the Past 20, where I rank the top 20 baseball players in the past 20 years. So make sure to check out that article as well of Roy Halladay. That may be one of my favorite articles that I've written, even though it is not a Brewers article. And I will continue to be putting articles up. I believe I'll have one about Corbin Burns coming up pretty soon before the season starts. And hard to believe, but 10 days until opening day from today. So be sure to keep checking out our, our blog, our podcast. We'll be having content coming, especially over these next 10 days. And of course, we'll be continuing that content even after the season starts. I am really excited for the season to start. I think everyone has been eagerly waiting. It's been a long time coming. And we appreciate everyone who's been listening to the podcast. We we really appreciate your support. And thank you for tuning in again. And be sure to be on the lookout for next week's podcast and some of the later installments of this Brewers roster preview. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. We'd appreciate if you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Make sure to check out our blog at bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Brewers Podcast.